one another um, commands that God gives us in the Bible. Um, it is used, we mentioned a couple weeks ago, it is used a hundred times in 94 different verses in the New Testament. One-third of those deal with unity in the church. Another one-third of them instruct Christians to love one another. And um, that's the command that we're going to look at tonight. And really, it's the overarching command, love one another. And we're going to go on and look at many of these others that really would be kind of a commentary on what it involves in loving one another. But um, it's it's interesting this morning dealing with uh, not showing favoritism, not being partial to manifest love, and uh, God directs us to the one another. But you notice in John chapter 13, verse 31, Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Now, he, he really spells it out very clearly. He gives a new commandment I give unto you. It isn't new that you love one another. What is new is that you love one another as I have loved you. He's holding this as the model. This is a, as the example. And then he, he spells this out. He says, by this, all men will know that you truly are a follower of me by the love that you have one for another. A genuine follower of Christ loves and it's manifested in his life on a daily basis. And, and there's three basic reasons why God expects that in our lives. A genuine follower of Christ loves because God himself is the source of love. We would not know what love is were it not for God. And if I become a follower of Christ... So I am an imitator of Christ, as it says in Ephesians. Then, since he is love, as I draw near to him, it would be natural that his love would flow through my life. As we saw this morning, God is no respecter of persons. Um, God manifests his care and and he spreads that care to all people. He spreads his love to all people. And because God himself is the source of real love, then as I am in him, 
then it should be his love that is flowing through me. So he says, by this all people will know that you are a follower of me. By what? Be, you'll go to church. No. That, that you'll tithe. No. That um, you'll stay away from sin. No. By this you'll know that you are a follower of Christ. That you love one another. That there is a genuine, deep love. Why? Because God himself is the source of love. And God manifested his love in sending his son. It, it, we, don't, we won't take the time tonight. But in God sending his son, his love became love in action. It's one thing to say to someone, I love you, but it, it's ineffective if there's no action that follows. God so loved the world that he gave. That is love in action. You're already studying James chapter 2, that if you don't have action with faith, there's a very real question whether the faith is real. And to say that I have love, but it never gets into action, it's never manifested, it's never seen, we don't really have love. And so a genuine follower of Christ loves and is committed to that because God himself is the source of love. Because God manifested his love in sending his son. And thirdly, because freely we have received, now freely give. I mean, every one of us here tonight rejoices that we can freely receive God's love. We're eager to receive God's love. We're anxious. We, we need his mercy. We need his, his help. We want the expressions of his love. And we receive those freely. And because we have freely received them, God says we should freely give. So, I am an imitator of Christ. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. So, as I draw near to him, I'll understand his love. I'll see how his love was manifested. And... I have freely received his love, so I should give it. All these excuses that we bring up, well, they don't deserve it. I don't know how. They won't appreciate it. All of those are, are feeble excuses. We didn't deserve God's love. We didn't appreciate God's love. We abuse God's love, and he still continues to manifest that love to us. When you love, you will be vulnerable. But we love not because of what it does in someone else's life, but because God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Now, in, in thinking about this, loving one another, love requires a lot. I mean, it isn't something that you just, walk into. Number one, it requires a commitment. 
It is not a feeling. It, it, it is a decision. I am making up my, it's a commitment. I am making up my mind. I am committed to loving you. If you are a believer, basically that commitment has already been made for you because you said, I am a follower of Christ. God expects his children to love like he loves. So it is, it is a commitment. Um, there should be no greater fraternity, no greater commitment than that which believers have one to another. Sad to say, many times organizations in the world have a greater commitment to one another than, than we as believers have. There should never be any greater commitment than, than what we have one to another. Um, many of these um, organizations end up um, adopting biblical principles in their ungodliness and end up having a loyalty to one another that they're willing to, to give their lives one for another. As Christians, we need to make a commitment. They're a believer. I'm a believer. I am committed to loving them. I am committed to doing what is best for them. Love requires a commitment, and love requires death to self. Love is a product of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5 says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. It begins with love. It's what the Spirit produces in our life. When the Spirit is in control of our life. So that means I give up control of my life and I say, I want your Spirit to control me today. I, I, I surrender myself, death to self. Self is no longer on the throne. I wish it were a one-time event. I wish you could just go and say, I'm dying to self and it's over. But it's a moment-by-moment thing. And we put self off the throne and we say, God, I want your spirit to control me. And when the spirit of God controls us, he'll prompt us to smile at that person, pray for that person, do this. He is the one that produces love. It's not something that we produce, and it it requires a death to self. There will be many times you will say, well, I don't feel like doing it. The problem there begins with I. I don't feel like doing it. I mean... Those of you that have raised kids or are raising kids, I don't want to do it. Well, I don't care if you don't want to do it. This is what you need to do. And many times as believers, I don't want to do it. I don't feel like it. It doesn't matter what we feel. It doesn't matter what we want to do. It, it's what God's Spirit wants us to do. And in understanding that, it requires a death to self. 
Love also involves humility. It's serving. Love is serving. It's seeing the need and meeting it. It's serving others that naturally speaking in your mind you might think you're better than, but it's humbling yourself to serve. Jesus humbled himself and became a man, and you think about that, how he served. And to me, the epitome of all his service was when he knelt down and washed the disciples' feet. I mean, think of it. This is the God that created those feet. He's the one. Think of it. He washed Judas Iscariot's feet. If I'd been doing that, man, I'd been twisting his toes and scrubbing them. And I mean, he knew what. And and but he humbled himself. Esteem others better than yourself. It is a it is a humbling process to love, but God embraces the the humble. He re, he resists the proud, and and that's why encompassed in all this learning to love others. It affects every area of our life. I mean, we can't love without a spirit of humility. Not seeing ourselves better than others. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3. So it involves humility. It requires humility. It involves patience. Your love will be tested. It involves the patience that love, it says in 1 John, covers a multitude of sin. I I need to bear this. Read 1 Corinthians 13, and what does it tell us about love? It bears all things. It believes all things. It is long-suffering. It is forbearing. It is patient. Love does not do something expecting a certain result. It is patient. It continues to plant the seeds of kindness and mercy. Continues, may not see any fruit from it, but continues to do that. It's patient. Keeps doing what is right regardless. It's patient. The diversity in the body, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 tells us, we're not all the same body parts. And he likens the, the church unto a body. There's patience that the, the body manifests with one another. I mean, it's understanding how God has created all of us different. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Thankfully, we are created different. But sometimes those differences require us to have patience. It requires us to take a deep breath and go, Okay, Lord, help me. Why? Because sometimes those differences rub us the wrong way. But sometimes that rubbing's necessary to knock the rough edges off. But it does. It it requires patience and and with it through the long haul. I mean it's it's 
It's one thing I mentioned I mentioned last Sunday. You know, it's it's one thing to go through the mountaintop experiences. It's another thing to go through the valleys. But it's another thing just the daily grind. Patient. I'm going to keep doing what is right. And to love like Christ requires that patience. It also requires confrontation. Love does not mean... Oh, I love you. Everything's okay. Yeah, yeah, you're doing fine. No. If a brother or sister among you, Galatians says, sins against you, go to him and deal with the sin. It involves confrontation. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that, that you just approve whatever's done. That you just go along, oh, because I love you. Uh, You know, that is not love. Love is doing what is best for the one that is loved. You see someone heading off the edge of the cliff, love confronts them. Wait a minute, you are headed, headed to danger and love stands in the way. Love deals with that. And it does it in a spirit of meekness, the same way we would want someone to confront us if we were heading off the edge of the cliff. So he said, love does involve those nitty-gritty confrontation that you don't know how it's going to go. But because you love them, you're willing to go and stand between them and danger. To warn them. But love requires the supernatural. It must come from God. Listen, we can't, we can't in and of our own selves, manifest love one to another. I mean, it won't happen. There are people that just drive you nuts, and you're not going to love them in and of yourself. You must have the power of God at work in your life, and that's where it ought to create us in us a desire. God, I'm going to work today, and you know so-and-so just gets under my skin. I want to respond with your love, and I need your spirit to do that today or your neighbor, or whoever else it is. God, I need your power at work in my life. I can't do this. And when we come to that point, then we're at the point that God can work. And it's only then. This is supernatural. It's not go try harder. Go go work harder. No. It is, it is understanding our dependence upon God that, God, what you've called me to do is impossible in and of myself. And I, I am calling out to you. I am pleading for your mercies. I need your Spirit's manifestation in my life. So, I'm going to ask you a series of questions here tonight. And I want you to think in your own life and answer these. Who do I, and 
basically, these are characteristics of love. Who do I love? First of all, who do I manifest patience with? You know, when we love someone, we're willing to be patient with them. Secondly, who do I show loyalty to? Who am I loyal to? Thirdly, who do I think the best of? In other words, you can attach a good thought or a bad thought to their actions. I bet they did this because they just wanted to be seen. That's a bad thought. Who do I give the benefit of the doubt to? Who do I think the best of? Who am I willing to sacrifice for? Give up your own willing to sacrifice on their behalf. Who do I extend mercy toward? You know what? That may not have been the smartest thing they did, but I've been in similar situations and done stupid things too, and I'm going to be merciful with them. I mean, who do I extend? There's a lot of rabbits we could chase there, but we won't, okay? Who do I extend mercy toward? Who do I bless with generosity? Who am I generous to? Not just not just financially or gifts, but with my time, with my compliments. Who do I bless with generosity? Who do I encourage? When's the last time you encouraged someone? Who do I encourage? Who do I speak the truth to? I mean, you can't separate truth from love. You can't do it. You, love speaks the truth. Who do I speak the truth to? And lastly, who do I pray for? The one love that we naturally have is a love for self. We're loyal to self. We're patient with ourselves. We are merciful to ourselves. We think the best, we attach the best to our motives and so on. But see, these are practical. There are nine practical things that we can do to manifest love to others. And what you need to ask is, okay, God, who is it today that you want me to manifest love to, and how do you want me to do it? And be ready, because God will bring some tough situation into your life, but you can do it through the power of God. And this is one of the greatest ways that we can be a a witness and and don't overlook, it begins in your home. I mean, many of our homes are dying for a lack of genuine love. Mercy and patience and encouragement and generosity. But then, who, God, who do you want me to make a difference in their lives by manifesting genuine love? In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he says, 
though I have all kinds of gifts and I can do all these things and have great knowledge and have an abundance of faith so that I could remove mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. My heart's desire is that none of us here be nothing. We may have knowledge, we may faithfully attend church, but if we don't have love, it's nothing. It's a zero with the line around it erased. It's nothing. I mean, think of it. To stand before God and to have nothing to show. If I have the gifts of prophecies and know all knowledge and have all faith, but I don't have genuine love, it profits me nothing. To me, that's, that's one of the saddest statements that there could be for a follower of Christ. And so you ask, but were they really a follower of Christ? And that's what we need to go back and ask. Okay, God? Am I committed to following you? And if so, by this they will know we are followers of Christ, by our love one to another. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. And as we do, are you willing tonight to make the commitment to say, God, I want to love as you have loved me. That's a command that he gave. As you have loved me, I want to love you uh, you and others. And to say, God, even yet tonight, who do you want me to manifest love to? And then, Lord, this week, more specifically, tomorrow, who do you want me? And to make that your your objective this week. God, show me. I want to be a vessel of your love. And God will. God will lead people into our lives. He will show us and you will be overwhelmed in it. And it should cause you to cry out to God. And God will give you the grace to love as he loved. Lord, I pray that your spirit specifically would lead individuals even right now to our hearts and minds to who you want us to be an instrument of your love to. And Lord, I would ask that we would be filled with joy in seeing you do a work in our hearts to genuinely love and that the testimony of your grace would prove to others that we truly are followers of you because of the love that is manifested. Lord, 
as you know, this does not come natural to us. We struggle with it. We all love ourselves. We don't want to get involved in others. But God, would your spirit keep this foremost in our minds, and may we truly be filled with the love of you that, as you said in Romans, that the love of God would be spread abroad in our hearts by your spirit. And Lord, I know you will be pleased as we submit to you. We praise you in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen.